podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast for this Sunday evening. This is the LFC This is the LFC Day Trippers. I am Gav, that's Kev, that's Keith, and that is Davo. Liverpool beat West Ham 1-0 yesterday. Manchester United are fucking appalling. And um, we'll talk about the top four and the bottom three tonight as well. The lads covered it brilliantly in the post-match game, the full-time red yesterday. Keith, Kev and Matt making a big return um, <clears throat> last night. But we go over it a little bit tonight. Um, as I said, we'll talk about a big week we have ahead for Liverpool again. They're, they all seem big at this stage. We'll talk about Betmate. We'll talk about Failicon and anything else in between. If you're watching, um, hit the like button, subscribe, share. Um, most of all, try our comments in there and we'll read as many as we can. Davo, um, you're standing in for Shawnee tonight and yeah. um, I'm delighted because um, <laughs> that game yesterday suited you down to the ground the way you watch yeah. football games. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus Christ, I'm with you. That was that was uh, that was the definition of a game where I was behind the couch. I can tell you that. Anyway, yeah. Jesus, I thought pots was, well and truly gone. Yeah, no pots were in the front garden. Absolutely in the front garden. <laughs> Ian, Ian Brown was cycling through me fucking sitting room. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it was the definition of a scuttery win. But look, listen, if we are to get there, or listen, or we are to push City as, as close as we can. There's going to be a couple more of them, we think. It's a, it's perform, it's a result of our performance at this, t- uh, this time of the season now. It really is. And like over the last while, we've, we've been used to Liverpool going out, you know, two, three, four, five, goal, whatever it might be. And, you know, you have to give credit to West Ham. They, they played really well. They defended well. They, they attacked us. And we talk about some of the chances that they got because I think that's the biggest takeaway out of the whole game for me. But Keith, we are going to get games like this. Like it's not going to be a case of us and City just bashing people every week and see who comes out on top. There is going to be like City got one at Everton. There is going to be games like that where you just have to, you know, you just have to knuckle down and 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 grind through it and get get the win and, and get out of there. Exactly, and you know, City had one against Everton, but they were lucky enough to have United today. So bumped up their goal difference a bit but there's going to be swings and you know to and fro in this league from now on in well the most important thing is the three points I suppose we do have to be conscious of the goal difference situation because you know we can look to win every game but that may not be enough because if it comes down to goal difference so West Ham was always going to be a tricky one I think you know they're in good form they're a good team they're not the West Ham that we're used to. And it was just good to get over the line. You know, it's there's going to be many, many games like that um, that we've had where, you know, I, I know Davo, Davo watches the games and his nerves do be gone to show you. Um, and when you look at it, I suppose, in, in real time, yeah, you look back at it, it's probably not as as daunting as, as you probably thought in the moment. But... Look, West Ham causes a few problems. It's another case of, you know, getting caught offside an awful lot as well. They got through the high line, in fairness to them, a couple of times. But 
it's onwards and upwards, and it's it's the most important thing is getting them three points on the board. And look, people were saying of the games coming up in the last few, we had the League Cup final, we had the, the FA Cup, and then we had yesterday. And everyone was saying the most important is the West Ham game. We got through it. We got through in the FA Cup. We won the League Cup. We now look at Inter Milan during the week, and it's just marking them all off. You know, it has that feel of a, a proper run. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just chalking them all off as we go along. We it's a cliche, but every game's a cup final at this stage, and we just have to dig in when we need to. Uh, Shocklight declares says Davos mug is bigger than the Carabao Cup. I reckon it's a fucking sports direct one. He's just painted over. No, it's no actually, it's actually not, not a sports direct one. It's decent size. It's not sports direct. Decent, Where yeah. did you get it? Gav, don't be asking me. I don't know where she got it from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Would you not go it. off and ask her and come back and tell us? No, <laughs> um, no. Update on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, listen, um, <laughs> Kev. Yeah, mate. You know, it's not the most fluent display. It's not the most solid display defensively at times. But is there a case where you go, you know what? If we were flying, and which we are, and we came to that game yesterday and we didn't grind it out, you go, you know what? That's what we're missing. We're not able to grind it. We just aren't able to grind it. Does this give you even more confidence going into the last, whatever, 11, 12, 11 league games of the season where you go, we're actually winning them all different ways now. We we actually are. Like it's 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 there in front of you. Yeah, it does we, look for all of the doom and gloom around yesterday's win, we made it hard for ourselves. Um we had enough chances to bury that game um in that first half. We rolled our luck at times with the line, but I thought Slavin Village, if you guys haven't seen it, yeah, the, it's a brilliant video. Yeah, the, the video that's going around social media, Slavin Village, in his description about how we play in our fullbacks, you're gonna it's you're gonna get games where sides can exploit it, and good sides will try, and sometimes it'll work. But before we come on tonight, I just had a quick gander at the uh, the I think it was yeah the nineteen twenty season where played thirty eight, won thirty two, lost three, scored eighty five. Conceded 33, and we had 15 clean sheets. All right? Mm -hmm. This season so far, we're in 27 games played, won 19, lost 2, scored 71, conceded 20, and we're on 15 clean sheets. That gives me confidence. The 15 clean sheets at this stage of the season is what gives me confidence going into the rest of the season that we could do the ugly stuff, and they've got the composure to not panic. It would have been easy to panic against West Ham and start lumping balls into corner flags and lumping out for throws and inviting pressure on yourself. Klopp could have made the changes to bring on an extra centre-back and go off a back five for the last five minutes. He didn't. You know, There was a lot of things that could have happened that might have looked on paper to make our life a lot easier. But... He just made the right changes at the right time with the right players, and the players just moved forward. And that's what gives me confidence. The fact, like you said, we can win ugly, we can batter sides if you give us chances, but we can grind it as well. And look, the games are going to come thick and fast. We're going to pick up injuries and knocks, but the players that come in and out of the side know the system inside out now. And the vast majority of them are playing 
with it. Some of them are playing within themselves, but the majority are playing at a really high level now. And they're all fine-tuned as well. So, Hannah Kingsbury says, so far this season, we've played 43 games. We've won 34, drawn seven and lost two. Awesome, Liverpool. But that is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're yeah, well, look, Kev, Kev, Kev makes a good point, Gav. I think about the, the league winning season. I'm really sure I've done it on a pod before. I think we won 13 games that season by one goal. Uh, yeah, the season we won we the did. league. So, and listen, but we play slightly different. I don't think at that time we were playing as high uh, a line as we are now. But I think it just shows that with this group of players, the management, everybody, we have proven over a long period of time are well able to grind it out obviously listen you don't want to be giving up as many chances as you did yesterday but listen like I said there I'm nearly sure I think I've done it on a pod before uh, on a forum I think we won two or ten games by one goal the year we won the league mm. something, something mad like that so I think we've like listen <laughs> you need them every bit as Chris Brack had earlier on they do more for you than a 6-0 win yeah like Shockley says our fixtures are harder and there are a couple of 12 20 kickoffs, which I hate. Um, yeah, look, the, the kickoffs are going to be all over the place because Liverpool will be on the teddy every single week from here yeah. on because they're, it's them and City in a toilet mm-hmm. race. <clears throat> um, we'll talk about top four in a bit because I think Chelsea might get dragged into something here. Um, but well, the bonus, know. the bonus for the half 12 kickoffs, I'm not a fan of them either, but it means you're playing before City. Yeah. So yeah. this gives yeah. you a chance to, to, That's to put it. Yeah. the pressure back down. Yeah. The, way, the way I look at it is, you know, I, I kind of I did get a bit annoyed yesterday, right at, at the game. I'll, I'll admit it, and I was kind of saying to myself, "I think it was you. I think it was you that I said like we look tired after mm, seventy seventy five, right?" And and then I thought, and I kind of that kind of triggered me because I went, "Where the fuck are we tired? None of them hardly any played during the week." And then I thought to myself, "Well, hold on." Um, I keep I always keep going back to the rhythm stuff. And I understand that players can't play Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, or Sunday, when, whatever it might be. No matter how good they are, the intensity of which we play at, and what's riding on the games as well is a massive factor. You have to give them, you have to give them a, a break somewhere. And I think it showed a little bit yesterday. I don't, I don't know how, how close to 100% Liverpool were at yesterday in all aspects of their game. But when I looked at it and I, I thought back, I went, yeah, okay, let's take it that they weren't. But they still won the game. They still won the game. And that's what sets them aside, along with City for me, from the rest. Whereas the rest will come yeah. out and look a bit off it. And after 75, did he look a bit lethargic? Is it not happening? And they'll concede. And they'll go from being 1-0 up or 2-0 up and getting a draw or even getting beaten. And Liverpool don't. Liverpool win the game. Keith, we were wasteful yesterday for me. You know, Salah, someone said there earlier, I had it up on the screen, Salah should have scored after he goes through after two minutes. He should. Yeah. I think it's a poor, I think it's a poor finish. I don't know what he's doing. Straight <coughs> it's a out. dreadful finish. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of scrambles in the West Ham box, you know. Um, we have, we have got good. Trent's free kick is, is very, very close. Yeah. Really, I love yeah. that one where you, the keeper thinks you're, you're going over the wall. He whips it back yeah. in. I love that. Yeah. That and, was, and there was, there was I don't, plenty, I don't think it? that got enough attention. We had a scramble in the box away, as well late on. Yeah, there was, no, there was, there was plenty of that, and I thought we were a bit wasteful. West Ham, I will say, I have to give West Ham credit. They defended quite well for most of it. But is there any concern for you, on Keith, on the on the wastefulness? Is there any concern in the fact that, you know, West Ham clearly get through in the first half? Like, And to be honest with you, what he's doing dinking it over Allison is beyond me. Why isn't he just smashing it past them? But in fairness, we get back, we get, we get tackles and blocks in, 
and you know Antonio has a couple of sighters. Kate makes a great tackle on Antonio in the box um, late enough on. Is any concern for you, Keith, or is it just like Keith or Kev has mentioned with Slavin Village? When you're playing this intensity and you're playing that high, you're a hundred percent taking chances at the other end. That's what you're going to have to, you know, weigh one up against the other. You know, swings and roundabouts, Keith. You just that's the way it is. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's risk versus reward the way we play that high line. West Ham got through a couple of times. Not many are getting through. Do you know what I mean? Like they were not conceding goals, and that's the that's the key to the whole thing. You know, look, Salah should score in the first minute. I think that's worse missed than what Lanzini does for West Ham, which everyone's talking about the big chance of the game being Lanzini hitting one over. No one's talking about Mo Salah going clean through and just not picking the not not scoring. You expect them to do it. We had our chances. They had their chances. But yeah, you have to. You have to look at it and say, when you play with that intensity, it is, you know, there's going to be chances and you just have to make make sure that you're on the right end of them. So Salah doesn't take his opportunity yesterday. Mane, who I thought was poor up until his goal as well, does a very instinctive finish for the goal. And West Ham, well, they went through. They didn't have any rootlessness. Like the one that goes through where Lanzini, is it Lanzini or Fornals when he goes through and tries to chip... Um, Chip Allison. That was four like, it, it, There was just no conviction in it. Do you know what I mean? So when teams are even getting, I think he was through, trying to be too cute because Allison is so big that you don't know if he can put a pass on either side. So he tries to be cute, but doesn't yeah. put enough on it. But I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's thinking. Am I offside here? I don't know if it's in forwards player forward players' heads now. <laughs> he's not offside. Not the one no, but is he think? But what I'm saying is, is he thinking that he's offside? You know, when you're getting through, are players thinking, well? I'm offside here and he tries a fucking chip and it's like now he's on do you know like I don't know if it's in his head now but look I just think Liverpool are are going to concede chances like that and you'll see certain journalists are saying you know oh, they're giving up a lot of chances they're still talking about chances that are offside that are lay flags as being chances against us they're not Liverpool are playing this line Absolutely. I mean, it's as good to me as the Arsenal offside trap from when we were all younger, when you had the famous Arsenal back forward. Really I just put that hand up together mm. and that was getting called. This is, it's probably the most effective since then. Like, but we're doing it 20 yards further up the pitch. It's outrageous how good they are. And the fact that West Ham broke through, you know, nine times out of 10, nobody's getting through that. But we have to just take our chances. If, if Salah scores that after two minutes, I think we run in a cricket score against West Ham. That's no disrespect to them. It just takes the wind out of our sails, but he doesn't, and it gives them an opportunity. But then we do get the breakthrough. We don't we don't build on it. But yesterday, what the problem I felt we had was we've got front three that were on there yesterday. I thought Mane had a poor game. I thought Salah had a terrible game. And I thought Diaz had a great game, but Diaz hasn't got the goals yet. So we didn't look like we were probably going to break down more than what we did you know it was it was maybe you know if Jota is in form and he's playing you think he has a goal in him whereas Diaz hasn't yet but I thought other than that I thought air defence was brilliant yesterday do you know what I mean people are praising West Ham for the great effort at the back West Ham's defence was very good I thought Liverpool player for player were brilliant at the back yesterday I thought the midfield was brilliant West Ham Ham clearly West Ham clearly seen that he couldn't match what Liverpool were doing and did drop 
on about 60, just dropped right in and went, listen, we're absolutely purely yeah. playing this on the counter. Uh, Mem creates a Slavin village put it best when he said West Ham created a lot, but it was only the Lanzini chance. What a miss. The rest was defended well by us and pundits forgot that. So, uh, fuck everyone. Uh, we won. Dan Bailey says, God, we don't know he wasn't offside for that chance. He's not offside from what I can see. No, he's not. It, offside. Didn't, it, was close. it didn't look offside at all, but I've seen a lot of people saying it was offside. I, I, well, on, on force viewing, I was waiting for the flag club well and it didn't, right? And that's fine. But on, when they when they show uh, Trent going fucking ape shit at the Lions, man, they show yeah. the replay, and I think Trent and one other player is playing him on. Yeah, I, I actually think, think he's being played on by well two on. players. Yeah. And I know, I know he doesn't score, and I know the Lions one doesn't, doesn't put a flag up. But I don't know, maybe because it, it, it plays out and it goes for a corner, they just continue on. VAR doesn't do anything. But for me, I thought he was definitely on side. But you're going to get these things. You, like, there's no way you're going into a game. And you're going to play that high line and you're going to have those fullbacks up like Billich has referenced, right? There's no way you're going to play that game and create so much and be on top and not give away something at the other end. It's just not possible. Especially well, when you have the likes of Bowen, Antonio, uh, Fornells, Lanzini, whoever it is running from deep. You're just not going to stop 100% of chances. We're walk, We're living on the edge a little bit, and and that actually suits us. Sorry, Davo, what did you want to say? No, well, it just look on the high line thing. I I can't remember which point that was after the 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 Carlin or the Carabao final. Like us catching them offside late, the uh, particularly the the Havertz one in the that was an extra time, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, and obviously yeah. the Lukaku one. <clears throat> to be keeping that high line, and I think it might have been Cardigar that said it. To be keeping keep that high line, he says, when you've toured legs, toured minds extra time against a very good side. He was actually praising us, going, that's absolutely unbelievable. And he says, like, that, that goes under the radar a bit, like uh, uh, like how well drilled um, we are. And I, I, I know what Keith was talking about, Miguel Delaney was on a bit on Twitter earlier, saying we seem to be giving up a lot of chances uh, over the last few games. And I actually saying, a fella, uh, Alan Brain, his name, I was kind of just saying, listen, this is like the Rafa's own marketing. Like yeah. Rafa used to be able to come out and say, "Listen, more goals are conceded, man to man marking than Zonal. We're doing Zonal. If you want to blame someone, blame me." And it used to be the stick that Rafa uh, got hit with. Now this seems to be the team that's gone on the clock. We're playing a high line. We catch everyone. We've the most offsides than any team in the league. But obviously, a few times, and boy, the best time are a decent side, yeah. well drilled. Yeah. Antonio does his job, holds it up, brilliant. They're very good at getting runners from deep. They cut us out a couple of times. Well, it's going to happen. But I think I think so. if you look at it, if you if you go through the game yesterday, right, you have um Farnald goes through, right, and tries to dink Allison. You have Lanzini chance, right? You have one from you have one from Antonio which he hits first half, le- left foot. Allison saves, right? Not that much of a chance you put it down to, but it's a, it's an effort. That's a that's a half chance. Right, that's, okay, it's a half chance. Yeah. Okay. You have the one where Antonio's put through, he comes inside Robertson and Katie gets in. That's a definite chance for me. Yeah, that's just, a chance. He, he did us on it. But overall And the bone one that Robbo gets back at Yeah, which tackle. is a great tackle. And bone and bone in fairness to him, um he shouldn't even be concerned with Robertson. He should have been hitting that and hitting it mm-hmm. across the keeper. I think he, he just slashed at it. But we're looking at Two really good chances, two or three half chances in a 94, 95 minute game where we're literally playing with two defenders for the vast majority of it. Let's be, let's be honest about it. Mm. Well, you know, and that's why West Ham decided to sit back because it actually brings air fullbacks onto you more. And then they're looking for Bone or they're looking for Antonio and then they're looking for lads to run off them. I thought Bone going off was very unfortunate for them because he is a great outlet for them. But overall, how many, if you, 
like I've seen there, Janice going, or someone said there in the chat, Janice was going on about two chances um, that they were given. Uh, we gave up a couple of weeks ago when they were both offside, and he was he was having a go at the high line. And you will, Miguel Delaney is saying they're giving up an awful lot of chances. But Eddie, because the thing is, right? How many chances are Man City giving up? How many chances are um, United with a deeper line giving up? Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea. How many chances are these teams giving up? It seems to be because we're ridiculously brave in what we do. It's like, if you're going to be ridiculously brave, we're not going to give you any leeway on this and defending. You should be defending as well. And to be honest with you, what West Ham tried to do yesterday was exactly what Spurs done to Man City two, two, three weeks ago or whatever it was, right? And nobody's given me a fucking list of many chances Man City have given up. You know what I mean? I don't think Liverpool have given up any more chances than anybody else. Am well, I right? They're running out. They're running out of six to beat us with. That's yeah. that's is it. They yeah. they can't attack the amount of goals that we're scoring because we're scoring at will. Last season it was the injuries. Are oh, they moaning about that? This season is the high line because it's different. It's not how the players who are now pundits know how to play the game. It's not how they did it. It's different. It's new, and nobody likes new. New is wrong. I mean, I guarantee you, in five years' time, this is this is how football is going to be played. You know, and you're going to have condensed games between the thirds where you're going to have 22 players trying to make the pitch as small as possible. And you're going to need to be lightning quick to be a, to be a defender in the next five years. Otherwise, you're going to be a dinosaur. You're going to be left behind. Klopp and Guardiola have redefined what football is and how football, how winning football is played. And we're just ahead of the curve. And the first one through the door always gets bloody. You know, so, and that's all it is with Klopp. Klopp is going to get pelters because he's trying something different. The analytics, the throwing coach, the talking about the five sub rule. Now it's a high line. Anytime anyone challenges or tries tries to change the game or do something different from the norm is going to get the stick when it doesn't quite go perfectly. And that's all this is. The hand of quad says, we think we've conceded three goals in the last nine games. Not bad for a team giving up. A load of chances but, away. But the, but the, but the, the Burnley game, Gav, a few weeks ago, I was watching it. It was one of them just when the, there's a, probably a lull in the crowd or whatever. And you could hear Pep Linder. So I wonder look at the time. It's pissing, right? They're launching fucking balls forward. They, they'd got in a few times. Well, they'd got in a few times enough to get the pundits excited. They were all offside yeah. uh, <laughs> in the game. But Linder's, you could hear Linder's roaring higher, higher, higher. He's roaring at the back four to get higher. Now, yeah. it's pissing, right? We're one nil up. A, a fucking game, a sticky game where we're, we're trying to uh, close the gap on City and, and the assistant manager part of the, co- the coaching team want the, the back four where. So it's not going to change. No. It's, it's, and, it's not but that's the key. North you have to be brave, don't yeah. you, when you do yeah, that? You like, you'll hear a lot of pundits. Kev is right. Nobody likes new. And the, even the likes of Carragher and all, you hear them. Oh, you have Sometimes you have to drop back and you have to play the game that's in front of you that's not that's that's a sign of weakness do you know what I mean like you're right Pep Linders will be there they know what they're doing get the yeah. fucking line they're up as high as they keys. can get it play to the strength because they know <clears throat> VAR will catch teams offside even if they go through and that's why it's all risk against reward like teams will have to be really good and West Ham in fairness to them do have them deep runners that can deal that bit of damage but not everybody will do that. You know, no, not many teams will. It'll be all, when you see the free kicks, if a team gets a free kick, let's say five yards inside, hour half, 
Our line's right up on top of them. They don't know what to do with the fucking free kick because our line is so far up. They're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? As soon as this gets gets hit in, these are all offside. So teams are cabbage. They don't know what they're going to do. And it's just brilliant to see. But you see so many ex-players that are not used to that. And they think, no, no, you just drop back drop back five yards. You I'd drop ar- back five I'd yards, argue, the whole house I'd of argue, falls down. I'd argue if our line dropped 10 yards, okay, I'd argue that we would give up more chances simply because the midfield yeah. wouldn't be asked to be as intense. I think it would actually give more time to the opposition. And it also means that contact with the ball in challenges or whatever, or, or tussles or duels or whatever the fuck you want to call it, happens closer to where goal, which means there's a higher chance of something going wrong and they're in on goal. And now people will say to you, well, they're in on goal if the high line. Yeah. But if they run 40 fucking yards, right? Right? Yeah. And you've got Virgil van Dijk, right, who's turning on the burners to get you. You've got Canati doing the same. And you've this cunt and goal, right, that just comes out and goes, right, I'm putting my arms out and there's no goal left here to shoot at. I'd actually argue if we went, sat back and went, right, let's drop it 10 yards. I think we give up more chances. Because you've seen, or I, I think I've seen, when Liverpool have conceded goals in games where they've lost control, right, and me and Shani were talking about a couple of weeks ago where game management, right, I don't think game management, it can be an issue at times, but I think it's down to where intensity and where we set ourselves, right? And when we set ourselves too deep, okay, it means our midfield drops off. And when our midfield drops off, they feel like they're protecting more than going out and hunting. And that's where I think it comes from, where Pep Linders is going, get up the fucking pitch. Because if you get up, them three in the midfield are going up and them forwards have to move because you all can't stand together, which means we're going to park our front men on the edge of your box. Regardless of who has it, we're going to park your men there. And the other thing is, if we done it, if we done that, right, you can be fucking guaranteed, right, as as night, as fucking night follows day, right, that you would have pundits or so-called fucking pundits coming out and saying they're wasting Andy Robertson. And they're wasting Trent Alexander-Arnold. So how are they meant to affect the game when they're fucking 70 yards from the opposition's goal? So we push them up and we play to our strengths and we push our fullbacks up 30 yards from the opposition's goal. And all of a sudden, they're giving up a load of chances. I think Kev's right. I think when it comes down to it, they're just trying to find something, right? And you know what it is? It's like dying on a hill. Because if Liverpool don't win this league title, you can be fucking guaranteed at the end of the season to go... But you remember the high line? Do you remember the, the yeah. chances they were giving up? It's actually fucking weird. Um, but it's a great point, yeah, because last season when we had Reese Williams and Nat Phillips at centre-back or Kabak or whoever it was, the fullbacks were so deep, they couldn't create, they couldn't impact because we had to sit back and play. And the forwards were isolated. And it, yeah, and that's why we couldn't break down anything, you know what I mean? And so an opposition so teams are getting the ball, an opposition teams are getting the ball close to your goal, the deeper yeah. you are. But like the, look, it's not, it's not the high line. When the high line goes wrong, the issue isn't the high line. And Klopp alluded to yesterday. It's the pressure, it's pressure on, on the ball. ball. Pressure on the yeah, ball. Of course, yeah. it you don't, is. if you don't have pressure on the ball, you're exactly. fucked when you play a high line. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. not the high line. It's the issue. It's the pressure on the ball, and that was really evident last year in Madrid. Over in Madrid, yeah. when we were horrendous. Naby was running around like he'd only one leg. He got hauled after half an hour or whatever. He was that bad. Because we, yeah. we we couldn't. He's leaving Tony Kroos to ping balls in over the top to Vinicius or whoever it was. No pressure on the ball with a high line, forget about it. So it's all kind of predicated on that pressure on the ball. Yeah, it, it exactly. absolutely is. And and look, you, you absolutely play to your strengths. And I don't know what way you would send Liverpool out to play a game, right, where it doesn't look the way we're playing. I don't know what you do. 
Uh, Remember years ago, you'd have sides would go out, especially in Europe, and you'd find it a lot. All we need is a draw. We play for the draw. Mm-hmm. We can't. I don't think this side is capable of that. And that's not a fault. That's just I don't think this that mentality. Well, Klopp said it. Klopp, group, Klopp says he goes to get results wherever wherever he goes. Yeah. Just not built that way. And we'll see it on Tuesday night when we're playing playing Inter because two nil up, we're comfortable. But I don't see us sitting back and then sitting in and letting Inter letting have, have the game and, and and bring the game onto us and we'll just hit him on the break. It's just not good. It's just it breeds bad habits for anything else. But we can't do it. You know, we just can't do it. And it's it's great to see for fans because you're always going to watch Liverpool and know that you're going to have a game where for the vast majority of games we play in every season, you've got to dominate the ball. You've got to create chances. You're going to score goals. I, for me, and I don't know if you agree, and I don't know if people in the chat agree, but um, I'll take this Liverpool side playing like this all the time, and I won't hold it against them. Absolutely. Like, I, I won't hold it against them if, if somebody goes through on the last day of the season and nicks a goal and we don't win a league title. I'm not going to turn around and go, oh, the fucking highline cost us the title. See, Behave. we told you all you know along. What I mean? But I'll take them exactly as they are because I love watching them. And I know Davo was behind the sofa in an absolute jocker yesterday. But <laughs> I, I said I said it last week. There's 12 league games left, and I can't fucking wait for them all. Bring them all on. One day after the next, I watch them. Because I've watched enough shit from Liverpool over the last 30 <laughs> years or 35 yeah. years. And I'll take this every day of the week. Anthony yeah, McConville really asked, the, asked the question here. Um, and I kept it. She asked her earlier, but I kept it. What about VVD? Unbeaten in 60 games at Anfield. The last time he was beaten at Anfield, he was a Southampton player. Um, it's Keith, it's just fucking madness, isn't it? It's fucking ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like, Michael Owen and Slavin Village are talking after the game, and, and Michael Owen said he, he can't think of a, a better centre back probably ever than Virgil van Dijk. And it can seem like hyperbole when you say things like that, that yeah, you're just reacting to a good performance. I was thinking about it and like, I don't think there's many better than him because I don't, I don't see the flaw. I don't know where the flaw is. Every good defender has a flaw. Like Vidic had flaws. Ferdinand had flaws. Terry had flaws. I don't know where the flaw is with Van Dijk. Even now he's coming back from injury. The flaw was that he done the fucking ACL in. And even now, that's starting to look not really a flaw, is it? You know, there's something about him. He breeds confidence. And we've we seen today in the Manchester derby, when you have a centre-back that is just error-prone in every single game, the impact that can have on your team. We have a centre-back who hasn't lost a home game in 60. You know, has never lost a home game in, what, three and a half years? Is- yeah, it's about that. Is it three years? It's um, January 2018, he was. Yeah. So, I mean, let's four be honest. Like, four years. years. He misses a misses a year through injury. But look, this fella is ridiculous. Like, he's fucking ridiculous. And while lucky to have him, I think he's getting, he's peaking again at the right time, which is perfect for us. Do you know, it's, to, to get him in there, it doesn't matter who's beside him, whether it's Matip, whether it's Kanate, whether it's Joe Gomez, if he gets a chance. Once you have Virgil playing, he's 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 our most important player. I think, Sean, you said it a while ago. It might have been last week only, right? That if you lose Salah, 
you're confident that we'll get goals. Van Dijk is so important. What he's done to the team, I think is not a bigger impact than Salah, but it's made us the team that we are because you can score goals, but if you're not keeping them out at the other end, it's not worth a shot. Do you know what I mean? You're, it's exciting and all that, but Van Dijk has come in and he's just, he took a defence that was shy and made it elite. And he's done it himself. And he's continued and he's grown and he's got better. Like 60 games, we've only lost, what, six? And that was when last year we were just on the blading canvas. We were like out for the 10 count. There's nothing you can do. He wasn't there. But to get him back and just to continue that run, like it's it's like, what was, who's the Dublin footballer that was that? Was that? Brian Fenton, was it? And it was about yeah, six yeah, years he, before yeah, he lost yeah, the blade. Yeah, he went through a heap of games before he was one, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Jono says the Celtics go who forced him said his flaw was the game was too easy. I mean, what a fucking flaw to have. Um, yeah. No, I think, Len, I, think, I, think Neil, I think I heard Neil Lennon saying when he got in the door, I think he said to his coaches staff, let's enjoy this fella because he's not going to be here for long. He wasn't. I think after... I think I've read or heard might have been the Totally Football Show one damn pod. I think the Gazette della Sport after the game of the San Siro was all about yeah. Van Dijk. Yeah. It was about you know they love a defender the Italians and yeah. it was uh, yeah. all about how Van Dijk how, how good Van Dijk was basically the uh, full page spread on, on Virgil. Um, but yeah, just like he said, he's done it himself. He's turned that that back far into an elite back far himself. Didn't think he had his best game yesterday. Didn't think he was. No. Poor now, but I didn't. I didn't think he had his best game yesterday. Now, Canate had had done well beside him, but yeah, two sixty games at home unbeaten is, is, is a phenomenal record. And to see him, you know how good he was, and then he gets injured at Everton, and you know he's gone for the season. Like, and you're kind of going, you know, he's 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 a proper alpha male, isn't he? But you're thinking, mm. even the best can be done by injuries like this and what will it be like when he comes back and people are like talking themselves into oh, if he's 75% if he's 80% um, it, you know he's grand and stuff like that and I'm kind of going well no because 80% Van Dyke gives you gives up more chances than 100% Van Dyke and we need 100% Van Dyke in the system we play um, but what, what we've seen I feel over the last 6 or 7 weeks is the verge of Van Dyke that you've seen before he went to Goodison Park that day he's just been there's fellas giving up against him. There's actually yeah. fellas getting the ball and going, I'm not running towards him. They just turn around and run back the other way. It's, it's like a game of fucking chasing. Kev? Yeah, we were, we were saying it last night. And you decides that you could look at Michael Antonio. Michael Antonio is a good centre forward. And he's a, he's a decent record against us. But he's looking over before when they're in the tunnel coming out. Shit. Damn, these two are big. And they're fast. They're faster than me. And Van, the best thing that Van Dyke will do, one on one, he'll let the player, he'll let the player come to him. You, most centre backs, even the best of them, will rush in or will try to force the striker to make a decision. Van Dyke won't. He'll just, yeah. he'll he'll hold his line, hold his position, and wait until the striker decides to make a decision, and then he'll react to it. He's hands down the best centre back I've ever seen, and he's only improved. Year on year, the way he reads the game now is second to none. That was probably his one thing that you would worry about when he first came to the club, how he reads the game. Uh, but nah, he's he's levels above anything I've ever seen. 
He's, I think he's absolutely unreal. A couple of people have made reference that I look quite red on the camera. I think I got sunburned today out playing <laughs> golf. I'm, being me- I'm not messing with you. It actually yeah, felt fine. real warm out today. doesn't take much for us Irish lads. No, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. And um, I actually, do you know what? I could feel more. it on my face when I got home. I was like, I couldn't have got sunburned. Fucking, you know, March. But I think I did. So fuck you. I'll be brown in a couple of days. Right? <laughs> you just won't be laughing then. So, um... Look, it's it's ridiculous, um, the whole Van Dyke stuff and, and fingers crossed he stays fit and Matip stays fit. I know he was I think it was an illness with Matip. Um, you know, Kanate's come in and, and grow he's grown all the time into that side. And Joe Gomez still has to come back as well. Um, which I think people are forgetting about him, but I wouldn't because mm. I think he might still have a part to play in this season, especially as the games will com- continue to come thick and fast between now and the end of the season. No but, disrespect to Joe Gomez, but I hope we don't see too much of him because if we see too much of Joe Gomez, I think it's because we've lost two. Matip or Kanate. And yeah. no, the, you know, sentimental Joe Gomez has been a great player for us, but he is number four in that pecking order. And I just hope that we see him getting the odd game at really full, maybe, or the odd game coming in. And next season, let his fitness build up and have an attack at it. But these three that we have at the moment, whichever combination it is, I don't give a shit because the qualities they have, they're right about Kanate. Watch, I watched Kanate a couple of years ago and I thought this fella looks playing great. And Upper Meccano got all the praise and all the credit. He looks a bit blade dodgy still. Even at Bayern Munich, he looks dodgy. And I'm just glad we got this. Now, maybe the player goes to a different situation. If Upper Meccano comes to Liverpool and he's playing <laughs> behind Matt Dipanting, maybe it's uh, it's good. But it looks like we dodged the bullet and done well there. What's Davo getting a bit of the wallpaper? Someone's trying to walk out. Davo's wallpaper is attached to the wall. <laughs> it could be just a roll of wallpaper. Just no, it's hanging. It's all, that's all shells, baby. That's not wallpaper. Is it? I'm joking. I'm joking. Geometry. Good geometrical. Just, just Keith, we, look, listen, Keith, we, 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 we talked about Upper uh, Macanoff a good bit in the group yeah. and like a lot of us flagged it. Listen, we get loads of shit wrong. Fucking, we haven't got a clear what half the time, but a good few of us here would watch Leipzig a good bit because we were, we were linked with Kanata a fair bit yeah. and a little bit with Upper Macanoff. Timo Werner as well. Watched him, I got on Werner. Upper Macanoff, I think, is garbage. <laughs> well, just yeah, well you have said it, and Keith's been Keith's yeah. been very big on it, and yeah. for ages going. Listen, yeah, so in the other we got the right one. We got the right one of the two. Absolutely, Upa Macano has Dortmund or Leipzig again written all over him in about in about eighteen months' time. That's what I think he has written all over him. But look, we'll have to wait and see. Look, the game is won. Um, I want to get on to a few bits that happened around the league over the weekend. Um, of course, the one that affected us most was today, Man City 4, uh, Manchester United 1. And look, a lot of people are saying, could United do this, could United do that? I, thought, I said this this morning, the City will win that easy. Um, because they have literally a dead rubber during the week against Sporting Lisbon, so they can put out wherever they want. Um, but... And it doesn't make a difference. We just get it down to three points. We have to go and win at the Etihad. It's as simple as that. And then it's a, then it's a, a sprint to the end. And we possibly be ahead on goal difference if we win at the, at the Etihad. But I think there's only about three in it now at this, at this stage. Um, or one in it. I think I can add it today. Um, Keith, look, you know, you're just fucking awful. And, and you know what, you know what annoyed me more about the, than the result today? Roy Keane on Sky Sports today, right? 
Not right? fan, Gavin, no. Well, well, the thing is with Roy Keane, I do like him at times, but I'll tell you what, what, what annoyed me today. Roy Keane, after they beat Leeds, came out and said, United have fought in their own hands, and if they show this, and they show that, and they this, that, and the other, right? And then he's come out today and he said, oh, look, they're, they're all worried about their hair, and they're all looking about how they look, and they're all worried. And I'm kind of going, this hasn't changed from three weeks ago. They went to beat yeah. a Leeds team that are absolutely on their arse, and you're proclaimed them as favourites for top four. And now you're coming out today and hammering them, quite rightfully so. But why do people keep falling for this, Keith? Every time they get a good result, they keep falling for it. They are fucking melodian. They're absolutely poison. Like, I love it. It's great. Let's see more of it. I don't know how they turn the corner either because... <sighs> The usual, I was looking on Twitter today and I'm seeing a load more, you know, get the glazers out, the usual shoe. That's I not fu- going I fully happen. expect a protest to be in the works now. Well, where are they going to protest? They don't have us at Old Trafford, like. I don't so, know. You know, they, they can't get that game called off. They're just an absolute bunch. The fans are all absolute fucking children, crybabies. Get what they want, the excuses. Roy Keane, you're right, they beat Leeds and... Leeds, we all know, look, I'm a huge Marcello Bielsa fan. They were on their blade and arse as a team. Anyone could go in there and pick their pocket and take whatever they wanted off them. They came up against Man City today. And fair play to United. They kept the goal difference down for us because they are absolutely shy. They are woeful. Like, if you look, we talk, spoke about Virgil van Dijk and the transformation he'd done to Liverpool. You look at that Manchester United defence today. Harry Maguire, eighty million. Victor Lindelof. It's the, it's the amount of it's the amount of signings, Keith, that they felt would be transformative for me. Well, everyone, Gav, they think that all they Aaron think Wan-Bissaka, it's going to be transformative, million, and it's not fifty million for Aaron Wan-Bissaka when the game is changing and they spend fifty million on a, a fullback that can't attack. The money they have plundered into that team, and you look at them now, and you're like, if Spurs or Arsenal or West Ham. Anyone got their shit together. These are finishing eight. Do you know what I mean? Like, they are so, so bad. You've got Ronaldo. Look, don't know what he's playing at. We said it at the start. Disaster of a sign in that one. Doesn't make the team better. He gets his field and that's it. He doesn't share it about. He done it at Juventus for the years before he left. Oh, yeah, but he's still, he's still scoring 20, 30 goals. Yeah, but no one else is. And the, the Juventus went from being the uh, leader of a one-horse race struggling in his last season to get Champions League like they're absolute decline in teams when he's there because he doesn't work for the team that signing was a sentimental one that he made a bollocks of look at Donny van der Beek they brought him in didn't play him send him out to Everton Everton fans think he's great I don't know I haven't watched much of him there's no cohesion with the signings they don't know what they're doing. There's no plan. Liverpool make signings. Look at Lewis Diaz. We went and got him because he was our top target for the summer. We seen there was an opportunity. We took him in. He's hit the ground running. Every player, Kanate, comes in. People didn't know. He looks like he's made for us. Simicas has a replacement. Looks like he's made for us. Jota looks like he's made for us. Every signing we make is right. Every single signing they make looks like a risk and always looks like a risk that wasn't more taken. Varane, injury prone, in and For, out of the team. Exactly, like, there's so many, there's so many things there, like, Davo, I come to you, like, I'm looking at it today, and I, and I looked at the lineup and went, Marcus Rashford, with Cavani out, and Ronaldo out, can't get a game at Manchester United. 
Marcus Rashford. Yeah. He's on 350 grand a fucking week, Marcus Rashford. <laughs> yeah, th- and he can't uh, get a game at Manchester United. But it's, I think it's just indicative of like the whole club. Like that, that fella's like, I actually think Rashford is a decent player. I put it this way. I think if Klopp had him, we'd yeah. be all fucking, we'd be all quite happy at the player kind of, do you know what I'm kind of getting? Mm. I think if yeah. Klopp had him, he'd, he'd, he'd have him high on confidence now. I think that fella's confidence is true as fucking trousers. Mm, he yeah. just has, he's now confidence. I, I'll caveat the lads, I didn't see a ball being kicked off playing golf. I didn't see any of the Manchester Derby. Just checking the result. Obviously, I believe first half, they weren't too bad. I seen the goals they gave away. They were obviously fucking um, <clears throat> St. Anne's Park, fucking stuff like But um Like, just throughout the club, it's like, like I thought when they like Cavani did kind of a, I thought Cavani did kind of a very good job for them last year as kind of the, yeah. the, the kind of the, the what would you call it? Maybe the second man off the bench. Sorry, the fourth man yeah. off the bench when they needed a goal. Elder uh, Lemon with a bit of experience. Yeah, exactly. Elder Lemon, a bit of experience. Goal scorer, works hard, good professional. According to fucking Randnick now, he trained the last three days, but then said he didn't fancy playing today. So <laughs> the towel's gone in from him. I think the towel went in. I, I, when I see Ronaldo, I'd say, the, I'd say the towel is nearly in, but Ronaldo fucking... I'll tell you fair, what, I'd, fair, I'd, say, I'd say Ronaldo's yeah. seen this game coming and went... I was given the run around at Old Trafford like yeah. a fucking Egypt when they yeah. came and bet us. Was it two, three nil? Um, two, one. two, two, none. Um, and I'm not having that again. Mm. I think there is huge issues there. And I don't know yeah. if Ranik is the issue or he's actually out in the issues and they're just going to have to no. play out. What do you think, Kev? This is fuck all to do with Ranik. This, the rot set in at that club two, three, four years ago. That's what I'm saying. Is he churning it up now? Is he actually no, bringing the, it to the fore and, and they're going to have to just go through this? He's got absolutely no power at that club whatsoever because the players are looking at him going, well, you're gone in the summer. You're not getting the job. So Fred came out and said that, didn't he? Yeah, the, the towel's gone in for the players. They're on huge money. You've got the likes of Phil Jones. Juan Mata was who, on the bench today and I was like, what? Yeah, yeah I forgot he's still there. Phil Jones is still there on 150 grand a week, refusing to go on loan. So that tells you everything about the mentality of the players. You've got Jesse Lingard running his contract down. Pogba, look, look, they're they're trying to re-sign him again. They don't get it. They don't learn. They never will. And all of the signings are, are, I think, was a. Someone said in the comment section there, Jimmy Redknapp made the point. The Harlem Globetrotter signings. Mm. They're stupid. There's no plan. Sancho's on 350 grand a week. Yeah, Jaden Sancho's a very good player. But Jaden Sancho, with the with the transfer fee that he commanded and the wages he's commanded, means that that is probably one of the top, one of the most expensive signings in football history. You know, especially in Premier League history. It's an absolute scandal. He followed and the money down, Kev. He, he made the yeah. wrong call himself. He followed the dog. Yeah. That, that, that wasn't the thought, at all. You'd have thought the players looking at out from the outside in now, look at it. They're never going to put their hand in their pocket and feel their leg again. Yeah. But they'll look at the careers that Dodley van der Beek should have had and isn't. They're going to look at the likes of Sancho looking at the type of career that he should have and he's not. And he never will. Not at that club. And United's biggest problem is shifting these players out. They don't want they won't want to go. Harry Maguire won't won't leave Manchester United. Not a chance on earth. The Pogba will walk away in the summer for nothing and he'll get fifty million quid for signing for somebody. That's how it's gonna Yeah, but he he's not he's not there he's not the fix. You know 
the, the rebuild no, but what, of that you, club. what you're doing is what you're seeing there is is people that believe that Paul Pogba was a transformative signing for Manchester United is walking out the door for free yeah. for a second time. Second time. Yeah. And it actually doesn't matter where Pogba goes or what no. money he gets paid. The reflection on Manchester United as a club is you let this guy go for free. You've spent 89 million to bring him back. You're paying him over a million quid a month. Okay, or close to a million and a half, one and a half million a month nearly, right? Yeah. Okay, and he's walking out the door again for free because he doesn't but want to play for you. That's probably hard. They, they probably have about 15 players on over 150 to 200 grand a week. And in all likelihood, eight or nine of them should be gone. And to rebuild the squad, the fact that they're not going to get into the Champions League this year, no matter what their revenue streams are, Newcastle aren't going to be too far away in the type of players that Manchester United are going to want to do this rebuild. Newcastle will be able to pay more and offer a long-term project, whereas Manchester United is just going to be more and more years of, yeah, we'll try and get there. We'll almost get there. Even if you're a manager looking at it now, you're looking, well, the rebuild is just too big. But that, that, that was going to be my next question. Davo, I'll ask you it. If they were to get top four, right, and I'll ask you on in a minute, but as a manager, like I have this thing about who Manchester United could attract as a manager, and I have this theory that there may be a lot of managers out there going, why would I go there, right, for two years when that Liverpool job could be up? And once you go to United, you're not getting the Liverpool job, right? Mm. There has to be managers around the world that are looking going, if I go near Manchester United, I'm not getting Liverpool. And you see the difference in the way the two clubs are structured, the way they are on the pitch, even off the pitch. I know there's 75,000 at, at um, Old Trafford, but apparently it's fallen to fucking bits. And we just mm. keep adding to Anfield and making it a much, much better arena to go to um, for everybody, right? Um, it's going to get bigger and bigger, right? But... If they don't, Davo, they end up in Europa League. Who in their right mind goes in there? Because people would argue, oh, well, they're in the Europa League. It gives them a bit of time. It doesn't. They will demand that they have to win the Europa League and they have to win the league. And, you know, they'll, they'll get a load of money to spend. And the people making the decisions around the manager will get it wrong. And then it'll be the Glazers' fault. And then it'll be the manager's fault. And we just keep doing this dance. Yeah, look... <laughs> Listen, I, I don't think, like your man Dave Jones mentioned after the game today, he said, do you know, need to take a bit of pain like Arsenal did, finishing eight for a couple of years, getting not being in Europe and rebuilding and stuff like but that. But they're taking listen, loads of pain, Davo. Yeah, yeah. I, listen. The 10 I, years I, without a title now and they're yeah, still the fucking years, It's going on 10 years them. without a title. I just think, when you're looking... When you're looking in, I, I don't. Ten Hag seems to be linked, right? Well, it's Ten yeah. Hag and Pochettino, right? They don't know if Pochettino is going to be either a let out of his contract uh, in the summer, or be listen. He could be sacked if they go out of the Champions League. So that's kind of up in the air. Never was going to say. I'm after convinced the game. Pochettino owes the Liverpool job and doesn't go near United. I would be more the other way. Up. I'd be more the other way, Gav. I think Ten Hag is probably owing the Liverpool job. That would right. that would be the one I would be looking at. I think I think you know it'd probably swallow Ten Hag up unless they'd have to they'd have to yeah. seriously shift. Like you know it at the minute at the in a back room from, from the top down are a fucking farce. Now we bring in a manager from Ajax who's used to he was used to working in a well oiled structure. Fantasy top to bottom. 
Like Ajax are probably Ajax are probably let, let's call it spade a spade. They're probably one of the best run clubs in the world. Yeah. Right, as regarding I know they're not they're a huge name, but they're, they're not at the top table due to finances, but they're extremely well run. Now if you bring a manager in from that into that United shit show, I think he I think he will get swallowed up. So I think you know you need to be I think they need to be very careful. I hope they get it wrong, so I don't give a fuck. I, I, I hope they get it wrong. I think you were spot on, Gav. There's gonna be managers out there looking around going, Listen, is Klopp staying? I'm sure through back channels and through listen, if this gets out, your fella's not gonna get the job. I'd say people know what a Klopp are staying is staying or going. I would say in the back channels in football, I'd say I would he say might, uh, he uh, might stay. Ah, uh, look at the word is he's going to stay for another year. I'd agree he's, with you. I he's, think he's, he's going to go. I think I think the people, the powers that be, the people that need to know, know throughout world football. I'm not. Just, I'm talking about the 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 agents, the people that make things happen. I think they know what's going to happen with Liverpool in a couple of years' time. Whether he's staying or going, is he going to stay for one more year? Make it three three seasons after this one instead of two? I don't know. So I'd say. Managers, like you said, will be looking kind of going, right, listen, what can I do now for the next couple of years? Puts yeah. me in a shop window. Yeah. Because that's the job I want. Because, like, let's be honest, if, if a player is signing for Liverpool, they're going to ask, who who are you looking to sign? If I come in here, who are you looking to sign? Um, will the manager be here? They ask all these questions. Managers are no different. Managers are, are like, I'll put it this way. If te- And I agree with you. Ten Hag... Pochettino. Now, a lot of people don't like Pochettino. I, I do like him. Um, and uh, I think if he's backed correctly. I, uh, PSG is a circus. So yeah. it's, it's hard to fucking control that. Liverpool are a diff, different animal. And the whole sports thing was just mental, right? But I, I, I like Pochettino, right? But I, I think if you look at Pochettino, Ten Hag, even Zidane, right? Or maybe one other, right? They're definitely going, being approached by United and making phone calls going, here, hold on. Is there any danger of me fucking getting this Liverpool job in two years? Is this definitely up? Um, yeah. Is this definitely up in two years? What's the story? They're definitely going to ask. I just think, with all the ingredients at Manchester United, I just think it's a near all impossible job now. I genuinely do. Because of the mess they've got themselves into. They're a, they're a huge financial juggernaut. Right? I get that. Um, I, I, I absolutely get that. But that's nearly the problem. They've too much money, and they throw too much money at it. Like they should, they should swallow their pride. I'm not even saying anything. Should be going and looking at Liverpool and going, "Who are they? <coughs> where are they getting yeah. them from? Where, where are different teams pulling these players from? Do you know what I mean? And that's what we need to do. And forget what it looks like from the outside. Forget about fucking Egypt playing pianos in promotional videos because they've pretended to get them on a free. Stop it all. Just get players in. That will do a job, but you need the right manager. And that's where the problem comes from. Gav, Gav, they, 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 be they, spoke to, they spoke to Klopp, you know, it's, and fucking Edward were told him it was Disneyland for adults. And Klopp said, to yeah. him, this fella's a show, he's that I'm out here. Yeah. Right, hasn't a fucking clue what he's doing. Yeah. And he's gone. And that, the club hasn't changed. They haven't changed no. since yeah. that. Kev they don't buy to a structure. They don't buy to, we buy to, for we buy players to play in, a four, in our system. We buy players to play 4-3-3 because up and down the club, that's how we play. Guardiola does the same. Every club that's well run does that. That's common sense. That's not rocket science. This four guys in a pod will agree on that. Mm. You don't need to be a brain surgeon or a football director to know this. So if United want to play 4-3-3, you buy players to fit in a 4-3-3. 
it's it, it's not hard, you know. And scouts are out there; they they have contacts with every agent in the world. Money's no object. They, you could tell the way they wanted to go with the signing of Sancho. The Ronaldo one is the one that fucked it up for everyone. The way they're looking at it, because he just didn't fit. It made absolutely no footballing sense, and commercially, it's been uh, as bad a decision as as on the as on the fo- football pitch. He's way too much pull and power for what he's contributing, and they're re- they're. It's the same mistake. They've done this again, and they don't. Yeah, but learn. You, you said it. You said it, it Kev. You you said it. They 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 don't. They never learn. They don't know with Alexis Sanchez signing them. So Man City didn't get him. Got burned. End up taking a huge fucking chunk, yeah. uh, a huge hit in him. And then they done the same with Ronaldo. They signed them because they didn't want City to get him. Didn't learn again. And they're gonna get burned. Same again. with Fred. Don't know with Fred yeah, as well. City Fred. were after Fred, and they jumped in and took him as well. well Fifty odd million. Keith, I'll come to you. Just on the top four. Um, yeah. See Liverpool, I presume we all think Chelsea would be fine. Um, although I yeah. think I think if one of them comes from the pack, if, if Spurs put a couple of wins together, I think Chelsea might look behind them a little bit. But we put Chelsea in. Who makes the fourth spot? It's too hard. They're all playing brutal. And a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking Spurs, Spurs can do it. They've got the manager. They've got the, the, the attacking threat. Now I'm like, uh, they don't have the minerals for a fight. That's the fucking one thing about them. They don't have the balls. Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal look like they're all right. But Three games in hand on United. Yeah, that's that's the key. You know, the game's in hand if they win that one game. One of them is us though, isn't it? Yeah, but even Spurs, I think, have games in hand on United as well, do they? I think I think Spurs yeah, I have, think have two. Yeah, I think yeah. Spurs have so one of them is tomorrow night. Three. And one of them, yeah, Spurs one yeah. is tomorrow night. Yeah, um, yeah. On form, I'd say Arsenal will get the, the other So Arsenal thing, currently sitting fourth. Arsenal sitting fourth, 25 games played, 48 points. So they've three games in hand on United and they're a point clear of them, right? West Ham sit on 28 points, 28 games with 45 points, right? Spurs have three games in hand on both of those and are on 42 points. So at the moment, Spurs are six points off the top four with the same amount of games played as Arsenal. How many so, ahead are Chelsea of four? Chelsea players? are on fifty three. If 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 if, four, if Arsenal ahead, isn't it? If if yeah, like if Arsenal were to win their game in hand, which is us, they'd have fifty one points. It'd be two points off Chelsea, right? But Chelsea have only played twenty six. Like the two games in hand on United and West Ham, they've only. Yeah. I think listen, Chelsea. Be listen, fine. Yeah. Chelsea are. Chelsea are and I think. I think. Yeah. I think. I think someone said Forget the there. Said, Chelsea be fine. They've, they've. They've a handy enough run in Chelsea. Um, they're getting players back as well for the so. rest of the season. Exactly. The two. They've got the distraction. The Abramovich thing is a distraction for them at the moment. I think the quality they have in there, just from a defensive point of view, I think they'll grind in. They'll batten down the hatches and absolute scut that away the tour. I think mm-hmm. they will do it. Yeah. West Ham are interesting because. I think they're good, they're solid, but they will drop points when you're not expecting. I think they're tired. I think they're, they're not out on their feet, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll they're, drop they're points. The they're on the same amount of points as Manchester United you know, and the same amount of games. Yeah. So, they have a good chance in the Europa League. Yeah. And I think they'll come a point when they'll they'll focus on Priority that. If they can that. get through yeah, if they can get through the next round into the last eight, then I think they'll prioritize that. They'll have to. John makes a great point though. He says um, Arsenal's game and games in hand are Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham. Mm. 
Mm. So. I, I, well, I knew one of them was us, but listen, Keith said it there a few minutes ago, the word is trust. I wouldn't trust either of the three of them no, or, or the four of them if you, if you try West Ham. I wouldn't trust either of them. I wouldn't trust, wouldn't trust, trust the, oh, smokes. Exactly. I wouldn't yeah. trust any of them to put a run of uh, games together. And that's why I think, I don't think United are over, even though you'd probably look no. at it and go, Arsenal have three games at hand. United are not over because... Yeah. Today is Today aside, they're unbeaten in their last eight. You know, so Yeah, but they, they haven't can, won that they, many of them, have they? No, but they can be flat track bullies. They can they can beat the sides who are at the bottom and in or around mid table. Because you're starting to see if you look at the table one to twenty now, it's opened up. There's a cluster of sides there now that have nothing to play for. And you're starting to see the inconsistencies coming into performances and surprise results are coming out like Brighton. You know, Brighton will get a win midweek and then they'll collapse at the weekend. Mm. You know, they've got nothing to play for, you know, and you're going to see more and more of that as the season goes on. They're not going to get into Europe. They're safe enough. They're not going to go down. You'll have a few players looking to play for moves, but in general, they're looking for the sunbed. Um, it happens every season. Okay, well, let me put you on the spot. Top four, fourth spot in that. Who are you going with, Kev? I think um, Arsenal. Okay, Keith? Spurs. Okay, I I I think Arsenal will do it. Davo, Arsenal. Yeah, I think I think with them games in hand, even though, even if just I think, from seeing who they are, that's after turning me off Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think the, they win. The any is, of them. I think I think it's it's home to Liverpool. Yeah, I think it's a way to Spurs, and I'm not too sure on the Chelsea game. I think no, it's a way to Chelsea as well because they were beaten by Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. in the second day of the season at the Emirates. Mm. But even if Arsenal were to come out with that with Four points. Two points. Two. Yeah. Even if they drew with Spurs and they drew with, Chel- uh, drew with Chelsea, it doesn't get Spurs any closer to them. And, yeah. you know, it puts two points. Yeah, it, I think it'll just be Arsenal. And um, I think they'll probably get there by default, um, to yeah. be perfectly honest with you. And it's a bit like last season um, when, you know, wasn't it Chelsea stayed in the top four? Even though they were beaten on the last day and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. teams around there seem to be just. But you hear all the time like nobody wants this top four. They do. They're just not fucking good enough. Yeah, they're just not good enough to just. Listen, I'd be, I'd be, yeah, I'd be interested to see the points are because I, I, I didn't have, I don't know sure if I said it on, on, on here, but probably said it on another pod. I think the year Klopp's first year, we got fourth with seventy six points. I think it was two points a game. Mm. We needed to get far. Arsenal were up our hole right to the very death. The, 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 the day we beat Middlesbrough at Anfield to, to get yeah. the fourth, I think we, I think it was seventy six. We ended up on. Mm. Don't think it's going to be anywhere near that for fourth this year. No, anywhere own, near. Own comments no. is Arsenal, Arsenal for him, and Gav will have to accept that Ted is a top gaffer. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> and I will tell you something: we'll see how good he is if he doesn't make top four. And the players he loses in the summer, because I definitely think he loses two, if not three, big players in the summer. They'll have enough and they'll be out of there. Um, the bottom half of the table, though, uh, Spurs play Everton tomorrow night. Um, Burnley had got games in hand and haven't done themselves many favours. They do be, they beat Spurs in one of those games in hand, but they've been beaten by Chelsea and they, they haven't been great. So they've, that advantage is kind of gone, but it's very interesting down there, Keith, isn't it? Like, Brentford have a big win yesterday. I think that does it for Norwich. Yeah. Um, Leeds are just dropping like a stone. Everton are still hovering around there. Burnley are picking up some points, but probably not enough where you go, they'll pull away. Newcastle are definitely picking up enough points. And it looked like it might be six or seven down there, but I think it's probably, 
Norwich. Um, Watford. Watford. Watford, yeah. Burnley. I think Leeds and Everton. I think it's the five. Yeah. I think it's three from that five. And people are saying, like, Everton have games in hand. If they lose their next two, it'll be fucking carnage, Keith. Yeah. Games in hand are well and good if you're winning and you have a chance of winning these games in hand. If you're not winning, games in hand are a fucking noose around your neck because it's more games. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it creates a toxicity in the fan base. I mean, know what Everton fans are like if it's not going that way. Now, I think Leeds who are going like a stone, they may get a bit of a new manager kick out of Jesse Marsh because I thought they were decent enough yesterday. They yeah, didn't yeah, get look, the result. I'm, 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 I'm just worried about how tired they were. I thought they were good. Yeah, yeah they, they did. They done well. And I'm wondering, will they get... You know, when you when you make that, t- that managerial change, you're always looking for that little bump. And I think he might give them that. And I think everything could be dragged in. Now, I think... <laughs> Burnley I won. I think it's between Burnley and Everton. I think Watford and Norwich will go. I think it's between Burnley and Everton. But Everton have uh, only played 24 games, right? So if yeah. you look at it, Norwich on 27 played 17 points. Watford 27 played 19 points. Burnley have played one less than 26, 21 points, right? But Everton are sitting there on 24 games with 22 points. So you could argue if Everton were to just win one and draw one in the next three, Okay, it'll bring them to 26 points. Yeah, they'd be five points clear at the bottom three. Everyone will be fine. Wishful thinking that they'll get out. Nine games left. Um, Everton's run in is tough. Um, Own comedy said that it is tough. Kieran B reckons Everton will stay up. Can't see them going down, but hey, um, they have got a hair. I'd I'd fucking, I'd I'd piss myself laughing now if it happened, but I I, I can't see it. There's like literally like. Let's call a spade a spade. Like they've some good players. They haven't been the owner. I know Calvert Lewin's been injured and stuff like that. But compared to the Shoei Burnley and that are, are, are thrown out with their one to eleven on the weekends, I, I, I just I, I can't see. Well, everything's everything's next run of games in the league, right? Tottenham away, Wolves at home, Newcastle at home, Watford away, West Ham away, United at home, Palace at home, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home, Leicester away, Brentford at home, Arsenal away. We don't think tough. that. <coughs> that it's tough. Jesus. It's so anyway, tough. Uh, let's I name think, a, but, but let's name a bottom I, three then. I, I, I agree with Keith. The bottom two are gone, and I think Burnley will go. Okay. So you have Watford, Norwich, Burnley, Kev. Mm. Who do you think go? Because I know you yeah, think Brentford are dropping as well, and you think Leeds are Leeds are just in free fall. Yeah, I agree with Davo. I think the three that are there now are the three that'll go. Uh, that was a huge three points for Brentford. It nearly and gets the milk, have I think, doesn't it? Really, it nearly. I, I think that if they can beat the sides around them, it'll be enough. Um, they're on. I think someone was saying in the chat they're on twenty-seven points now. I'd say twenty-four will be enough, aren't they? Six more points. Uh, yeah, mm. six more points. Two wins. A win and a couple of draws, even. Yeah, whatever. You know, they'll they'll be okay. And the fact they got Ivan Tony getting a hat trick as well—that might spark him. You know, if you have a striker that can score, that can yeah. get you Just out Eric, of trouble. You got Christian Eriksen in there as well. The feel-good factor. The fa- you know, you can't knock that. I'd be amazed if Everton hang if Everton get caught in caught up in it. But stranger things yeah, have happened. Yeah. No side, no side is too good to go down. Leads for the new manager bounce, and yeah, they look good. They need a win. It doesn't matter how good they look. If they're losing, 
you know, that rot sets in. And the vast majority of those players are on their arse physically. You know, so, so it, I think York, Burnley York. will go, but no. I would Norwich Burnley Watford for you. Yeah. Okay, Keith. Norwich gone, Watford gone, Everton gone. I just, okay. I'm looking at the fixtures and I don't know where they're going to get the wins. Games in hand are no use when you're down there. Yeah. There's not many in that that I can see them winning. Tomorrow like, is tough as well. Yeah, really every is. every one of them games, like you're looking at teams that are, that might look easy, but it's away or whatever, or do you have something to play for? Like it's really fucking hard. And I thought Burnley were gone. I, I had them route off. Newcastle came in and took Chris Wood off them, and I thought strategic take the goals away. I thought he bought a better striker than Will Weghorst, to be honest. I think he looks better than Chris Wood. And anyway, yeah. if he can get scored, they might get out of it. But I just think Everton, I think, I don't know where they, their signings have been absolute shy. Um, Deli Ali, he could be the one that goes in and gives them a spark. I don't know. Donny van der Beek looked good for a couple of games. He's looking very Everton now. I just don't, I, I don't see them getting many points. And the, well, I said about uh, the Chelsea distraction with Abramovich. They have a huge fucking thing now with Osmanov. Yeah. You know, Bramley Moore, Doc is Some, looking somebody, in doubt, somebody little did, things like that. Somebody did say earlier that Everton could have a 300 million shortfall in money over the next couple of years because of Usmanov if things go badly wrong. Yeah. Um, and already, that, uh, already delays um, set for the stadium. So Toxicity. It's the atmosphere becomes absolutely unbearable and that's what can kill a team. You know, it's not necessarily you can have good players on the pitch if they're not getting results. That's bad enough. But if the crowd are playing, dreading it, that drags they, you down. I think they could be in serious, serious trouble. If they, they get relegated, relegated, I think they'll do a Sunderland. If they get relegated, I think they'll do a Sunderland. The financially, if they get relegated, it will cripple them. Usmanov aside, it will absolutely be a death knell for that club. They're the highest so percent wages to turn over in the league. Yeah, they've, yeah. that's yeah. why they, they, they have high, to... High, high 80, 80 yeah, 7, to, 88%. And they have outrageous. to balance out what they buy and what mm. they sell. You know, they, they mm. can't just go out and spend money and this use of stuff won't help because he is an investor that puts money up every year for, for players and stuff like that. But I don't think they go down. I Tell think Watford go down. I think Norwich go down and I think Leeds go down. Leeds. Yeah, I think so. Possible. I think the amount of games Leeds have played and the position they sit in, I think they are so fucking drilled in the way they play under Bielsa. I think I'm at, I don't really rate your man anyway, but I think it's very hard for him to come in, change it to the point where they start getting results and don't look like they're fucking a dog with two Mickeys running around the place most of the time, right? And the time frame he has to do it. They've 10 games left. They've 10 games left. Everton have 14 games left. Do you know what I mean? Everton have 14 games left. Leeds have have 10. And Leeds are only a couple of points ahead of Everton. There's no way in in my... Listen, Everton aren't good, right? And they're all over the bleeding shop with this this stadium, with, you know, the... The Usmanoff stuff, uh, Lampard in as manager, the finances, everything. But... Sorry, Leeds, Leeds have 11 games left, but they're one point ahead. Uh, there's no way in my mind that if if Leeds have 11 games left and Everton have 14 and Leeds start with a one-point lead that Everton don't take more points than Leeds come the end of the season. Yeah, well, I, the reason I think Burnley, Gav, is that 
They had a little bounce there, a few guys. Well, they win three and four. They, they got the three wins. If Burnley they, get they, a win, they had that little, they had that little bounce. Yeah, and they're not out of the bottom three. That's st- yeah. that's st- that, and they're still in the bottom three. So they have to. I don't know how many. I think they're on four wins now, and they were on one. So they're at the pick up three wins probably in the last four, five, six games. They're going to need to do that again in the in the in the latter end of the season. Now, listen, they could because as Kev said, things go a bit haywire down there. They're nearly better off playing uh, mid-table teams to have the flip-flops on uh, than the relegation teams. But I just think Burnley have had that bounce, had a bit of a bounce, and they're still not out of the bottom three. So well, I'll, ask you this them I'll ask you this then, Davo. Yeah. If Burnley take a point in their game in hand that they have over Leeds, they'd be sitting one point behind Leeds. Yeah. Right? We're 11 yeah. to go. Do you think Leeds take more points than Burnley? Burnley yeah, know where they're. Yeah, Burnley know yeah. this fucking track. They've, they've won on yeah. this course and distance. You know no, what I mean? I, t- I, t- I think Leeds do take more points, yeah. Do you? I, 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 yeah, I genuinely do. Just, I thought they looked decent yesterday again. Look, I just watched Match of the Day. I thought they probably, they actually probably had a show. Uh, they probably deserved to win the game yesterday against Leicester, yeah. but they definitely deserved a point. They battered um, them second they, listen, half. They didn't get it. Against they, look, they didn't get it. So, quite a, similar enough to Brentford. I think one win can be huge. I think yeah. if Leeds can get that win uh, on the board, like we were, like we said, we care we're talking about there with Brentford. I think Brentford, that win nearly puts them safe. There's about 10 games left. They'll get a win and a couple of draws and they'll get them up to like 32, 33 points. That, and that'll be fine. Hmm. So I think a, a win is huge and I think if Leeds can kind of scrape... Listen, I don't know Leeds' fixtures. I don't, I don't know how they're playing next round. I don't know what they're running as like, but I'd fancy them to start picking up a few points, yeah. I asked Ronan Murphy on Twitter. He done a lot of Bundesliga stuff. What Jesse Marsh's style will be like compared to Bielsa? I think you might have said it, Davo, on on the the forum or one of the shows, winners and losers, maybe. You know, do they have to nearly deprogram from yeah, playing yeah. under Bielsa to a new manager? And he was sort of saying that Marsh will not similar to Bielsa he is a high pressing manager he mm. does play that high intensity high press football and he thought that the players that Leeds have there and the situation he thought they could Marsh would be perfect to keep them out keep them up sorry so I just think they were sensible in that appointment but they have to get wins you know you can win a PR you know great PR mm. by bringing them in they have to get points on the ball but I just mm. think with Bamford coming back with if they get Phillips back you know it's it's big players for them that can get them over the line. And I think the whoever's big players perform, as we said, Ivan Town, he's got a hat-trick. That could be enough to keep Brentford. Anyone that can get their big players forward, and, and that's where I don't see everything. You know, I don't know who the mm. big players are there. I don't know where they, they well, hear. You have the stomach for that. You know, that's the thing with yeah. Everton. It's, and it's, it's the same can be said at Lampard. It's a different kettle of fish managing, trying to get promoted in the championship or trying to get into Europe. Or do something in your. Chelsea. That's the biggest thing with Everton for me. I think. I think if they lose their next two, I think panic sets in. Yeah. And, yeah. and the ingredients there of panic, Lampard trying to impress, fans going fucking ape shit, oozing off stuff going on inside. Goodison would be toxic, and God only knows. On books, as he was reading earlier, that three hundred million hole in their pockets because of oozing off spoiling steel and concrete costs means cutbacks to the stadium already cancelled the planned multi-story car park um, with regards to that stadium so we've kind of picked who we think we go down we'll have to listen like we said earlier though about the top four I wouldn't be overly surprised well I probably 
slightly surprised, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if Everton wrapped up and beat Spurs tomorrow night. So, yeah. yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, anything just, can just, happen. Just, Spurs aren't good. Yeah. <laughs> Neither are Everton. Yeah, anything <laughs> can happen. Um, just quickly, lads, you may be on shows between now and then, but um, confident for Inter Milan during the week, have? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, Inter had a good win at the weekend, but it was a side that were last in Serie A. They beat them 5-0. Uh, but yeah, look, 2-0 up, second half. You, It'll take an excellent side and a really bad night for us to get pegged back from a two-goal lead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm confident enough. Okay. Uh, Keith, confident enough? Ah, yeah. I mean, Inter have good players, but... I waxed lyrical about their front two before the first game and just saw that they both shit their jocks when they were up against Van Dijk. So if they're not going to deal with it and they're missing Barella again, you know, their midfield done okay against ours, very good in the San Siro, if I'm being honest. I just don't see them. I think Anfield, European night, the crowd got, gets behind us and... I think we beat them comfortably on the night and one of them nearly a cricket score job over the toy. You know, you look back at it and go, Jesus, Liverpool, 7-0 winners against Inter Milan. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think an early goal, and we think, oh, I always get, think we're going to score loads of goals. Like, but I just think European nights, Inter didn't show enough for me. The attacking threat, when, when Mar- look, I'm a usual Tara Martinez fan. When he runs through on Virgil van Dijk, looks at it and says, no, I'm all right, I'm going to go over here and wait. That was it. Do you know what I mean? They have no hope now. Their goal scorers are afraid of their defenders. Davo said it about the, the Italian media, about Van Dijk. Eden Dzeko goes through, Van Dijk comes through, swats him away. And you see the look on his face like, oh, for fuck's sake. Their forwards are afraid of their defenders and I don't think they have enough to turn, to overturn that deficit. Chris Brax was into a 5-0 win last night, Friday night, I think, wasn't it? Um, yeah. was the first and they scored a goal since we beat them 2-0 um, and he reckons it'll be 3-0 to Liverpool um, uh, during the week Davo confident enough will you watch the uh, game as normal or will you get it behind the sofa what will you do what the f- first goal will be vital there for me Gav if Inter get <laughs> just it sitting on top of the, the sofa if Inter score just slope down the back of it <laughs> now listen I, I, listen I am confident I'm just a little bit um, I'm just a little bit wary all the talk seems to be who we get in the quarters and, and, yeah. and whatnot that kind of stuff I don't really like that wait till you get the job done and then worry about it because they're a decent side and they're a decent side I think is Barella back Keith for this no, one? no he's, he's suspended he, was he still he's probably he's definitely one of their better players um, but listen I think the the intensity of the league as it's kind of showed in the three games we've played against like the two Milan teams, like I watch it a little bit Syria and it's like they it's like they play kind of one pace and all that. And I think obviously the Milan game we made a hard for ourselves, but on another night we'd have blown them away and been far and up after twenty minutes and they wouldn't have known what hit them. We were able to come back, get the win. Obviously the reserves went over there kind of uncomfortable enough when now Milan had injuries that night as well. And then, listen, both sides rolled that look kind of first half in the Inter game and then we came away with a 2-0 win. So, I'm not sure I'm not sure Italian teams can live with our kind of intensity. So, I would be no. expecting us to uh, to go through. But, uh, yeah, just a little bit wary that all the targets when we're in the quarters, when we're in the quarters, when we're in the quarters, mm-hmm. get the job done and then we'll fucking worry about that. Yeah, 100%. I'm... I'm confident enough over. I think with a 2 0 lead, I think it'll take something extraordinary for somebody, anybody to come downfield and overturn us on a 2 0 yeah. lead. Um, because 
very few stop us from scoring. And if we score, the, the, the PSG and Burn and Real Madrid game is interesting. That's still alive. Yeah, one nil. PSG lost at the weekend, and it wasn't as it, it wasn't as if they were battering. I think it was Nice they played and got and got unlucky. They were they were poor, mm-hmm. and Nice made them look poor. Nice are decent, but Madrid at home only trade trailing by one. That'd be a good game to watch. I think that's on Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting if PSG do go through because I know Davo, you're dead right. We won't look ahead to the quarterfinals, but are you staying in Paris or outside Paris for the final? <laughs> just, just wondering. <laughs> they'll play PSG in their own backyard. The, what, the, what, the WhatsApp group is like fucking uh, Jude Chalmers. Wish you were here that day. All the flights getting booked. Isn't Everyone booking their flight to Paris. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you're looking for property, show Dion Dublin's in the group as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but listen, uh, I'm fairly confident that I, I think it'll, it'll take something extraordinary to, for Inter to come there on Tuesday night and and score three without without reply. Um, yeah. So I, what I'm looking for, I'm looking, I'm actually looking for Liverpool to be two two nil up at half time and make some changes. You have got the five subs. It is Tuesday night, and then we play early Saturday against Brighton, don't we? So mm-hmm. I'd like to see them. Not a rest because I think we are big on rhythm, but just comfortable. If it's a comfortable win, it just it, it sets us up for Brighton at the weekend. I'm not too sure how we got on with the bet me um, on the I Liverpool did. game. Uh, well, Chris didn't message me, so I yeah, don't so know. Yeah, so Chris will let us know in the next few minutes. But listen, bet me <laughs> no. is some crack, and I've had enough of all you pricks having a go. I'm just, I think I'll just take over for the you're next game. Um <laughs> But if you're interested in playing it, it's really good. You're playing against other people. You're not playing against Betme. It's not odds-based. It's fancy football, but there's no budgets. You're just picking players. You're sticking them in your team. You're sticking them on your bench, and you're having a go of it. The link is in the description. And as I said, it's really, it's good fun. Um, you can get on there. You can register. You can ha- you can play in a free pot, which is worth real money, um, just so you can see how it works and how, how you get on. And if you like it, you can then deposit money and play along with the pots. Liverpool base, there's Premier League, there's all sorts of stuff going on. But as I said, or as I always say, if you um, do decide to play or deposit any money, do so um, responsibly. Okay, with regards to Failicon, um, that's our charity partner for the next, well, until we get to 10 grand. And if that's by the 10th of June, great. If it's not, we just keep going and keep annoying people till we get there. Um, I think we have, we've only a couple of slots left at 100 euro each to sponsor on the golf day. Um, we nearly have all the money in for that, which is, which is fantastic. There's two slots left, I think. Um, but listen, don't worry about that if you can't. If you know any person, individual, um, individual person, sorry, or company that would like to sponsor it, um, you can get in contact with us, lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com, which is cool. Um, we came ninth in the bet meeting. We're two points off the money. Jesus. Um, but with Failicon, if you can't sponsor that, you can donate. And if you can't donate, you can share. Um, we've got a couple of donations over the last week, but we really want to see these starting to come in now. Fivers here, fivers there, whatever it might be. We got two lovely 50 euro ones in the last couple of days. But please, if you can donate, do so. If you can't, please share it amongst anybody you know. Um, and it doesn't matter who it is, who they support. This is a brilliant, brilliant charity that we're trying to help and we're trying to get to 10k before the um, 10th of June. We understand there's loads of other stuff going on in the world, which, which is understandable, and people are contributing towards. But if you can find time to either donate or share the Failicon, we would be really, really, really grateful. Um, this week, winners and losers tomorrow night. 
Um, I hope to have the cop update back daily at 2pm and Tuesday's one will be a little bit of a preview around Inter Milan. Um, we will definitely do a full-time Reds after Inter Milan. We'll do a midweek fix on Wednesday with a review and I look forward to Brighton. We'll have a night off on Thursday, I reckon. And then on Friday night, uh, Sports Unplugged will be back and we'll be back after the Brighton game with full-time Reds and this show this time next Sunday. Um Kev, anything else before we go? Oh, by the way, sorry, 400 and odd uh, watching, 171 likes. The reclaimer is going to be fuming just to let you know. Hit the like button on the way out. Kev, sorry, anything else before we go? Nah, nothing, mate. All good. Okay. Players' Championship next weekend. Looking forward to it? Mm-hmm. Should be interesting. Joe had another winner tonight, Gav. Did he? Sheffler won, yeah. Yeah, Joe was on fire. Yeah. Um, check out, flying. check out Joe. Golf on, tips with Joe. At Joe yeah. Walsh, nineteen eighty one, I think he is on Twitter. Check it out. Get in there. Get his tips because from what we hear, it will be a subscription service very, very soon. I'm surprised it's um, not already. Well, I cannot he, believe he, it. I've been promised a free um, subscription for life because I am a, a, a very loyal supporter of Joe and his tips, and he knows this. But um, if you don't get in quick, you may end up having to be subscribed for these tips. Um, and let's be honest, wheelbarrow job most weeks with Joe. Uh, Davo, anything else before we go? No, no, all good. Looking forward to this week. Hopefully get that second foot into the quarterfinals. And just Chris is talking about the LFC women there, so they're getting closer to getting promoted, which is great yeah. as well. So, yeah. no, all good other than that, Gav. Good stuff. Uh, Liverpool women won all today uh, to the tour place team. I think, where they, the name goes out of my head now. London Lionesses or something. Yeah, gap. Uh, seven points clear with six games to go, getting closer to what they need to do. Joe Wheelbarrow, Walsh's own book. Absolutely. Keith, yeah. anything else before we go? Now, shout out to um, f- uh, day tripper Ray Brady. If anyone hasn't seen the, the masterpiece that he created around the uh, the 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 four horsemen or the horsemen. Oh, the wrestlers. The, the wrestlers. Yes. Oh it's it's one of the best Photoshop jobs you'll ever see. Um, yeah. It's mad. I I got hair. It's the only picture of me with hair that I'm glad I'm a bald on it. Yeah. Um, Shawnee looks like some sort of stripper version of Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah. And Davo, I think you've been called Roman Abramovich and all in your one. Like it's just absolutely absurd piece and of just work. Smoking. You're just doing the usual, Gav. You know what I mean. Yeah. You're just sitting there, taking taking charge of things with a smoke. But <laughs> yeah. if anyone, you know, if you can find a better photoshopper than than Ray Brady, doing well. I think he's gonna be doing well. He went um he went down memory lane as well, didn't he? With some Brenzy tweets today. Yeah, um, I saw that. Rest yeah. in peace, Brenzy. But um, Andy was telling us about an even better one. Where well, we all, everyone knows the story about Brenzy and the M and M's tweet about Gil and Balagay, um, <laughs> yeah. and the M and M tweets uh but that was un- unreal uh there was a couple today from brenzy that he showed but andy was telling the story here about that we tweeted b and q and said his carbon monoxide alarm wasn't working and uh, he said no problem bring it back to the shop just bring your receipt he said i did i brought it back this is the second one and they were like oh okay well would you not bring it back really sorry for the inconvenience and he went all right well i'm feeling a bit sleepy at the minute but i'll definitely bring it back and, <laughs> and b and q are tweeting them back um but um yeah, Brenzy, yeah, the best man ever um, on Twitter. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. But um, that is it. That has been the Fatback for, for Sunday night. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks for watching. Um, we've taken up an hour and a half of your time. Enjoy the last 33 minutes of your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the week. Hopefully the Reds do the business. And as I said, loads of content coming throughout the week. That's it. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.